Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Michelle Seiler Tucker, and here is a bit about Michelle. She's definitely a woman on a mission, but most importantly, she is the founder and CEO of Seiler Tucker Incorporated. She holds the M&AMI Mergers and Acquisitions Master Intermediary title, as well as a certified Mergers and Acquisitions Professional also known as CM and AP, and Certified Senior Business Analysis, CSBA. Michelle also owns many other businesses in several different industries. As a 20-year veteran in the M&A industry, she is regarded as the leading authority on buying, selling, fixing, and growing businesses. Her and her firm have sold over a thousand, over thousands businesses in almost every vertical and have a remarkable track record for success. In addition to being featured in Inc., Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazines, and USA Magazine, Michelle is an international keynote speaker and makes regular radio and TV appearances on Fox Business News and CNBC. She has spoken alongside many prominent speakers, Eric Trump, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Kathy Ireland, Donna Karen, just to name a few and some other ones. And she is also the best-selling author of the book, Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth, and has a new book called Exit Rich, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. And without further ado, please do me the honor of welcoming Michelle Seiler Tucker to GEMS Podcast. Thanks, Jen. Happy to be here. Thank you so much, Michelle. And today, you and I are going to unpack the 10 biggest profit mistakes. And someone may be wondering, what are the 10 biggest profit mistakes? And you're going to weave in your six Ps to tell them what those profit mistakes are. So let's walk walk through that. Sure. So let's give a little bit of um, basis for the big mistakes and the six Ps because business owners really need to know where this comes from. (laughs) So Steve Forbes, who endorsed my book, Exit Rich, Steve Forbes says 80% of businesses on the market will never sell. 80%. M&A Source says 90% of businesses on the market will never sell. So if you go with Steve Forbes, that means you have less than a 20% chance of success when you're ready to cash out. Those are not very good statistics. So all business owners really need to read Exit Rich and get their ducks in a row. (laughs) So, you know, we'll talk about the six Ps and the biggest mistake that business owners make. First and foremost, business owners never plan their exit. They never think about selling until a catastrophic event has occurred, whether that's personal, internal, or external. Internal, personal could be partners' disputes, divorce, health issues, death. External could be this pandemic that we've been living in for the last two years. So, It is never good, Jen, to sell your business when your business is in the middle of a catastrophe because that means your numbers are going down. You want to sell when your business is trending up, not down. So we we talk about always planning your GPS exit model from the beginning. We don't really have time to unpack that today, so I won't get into that. But if you get exit rich, 
follow the GPX exit model. Number two, we talk about building a sellable business. The reason why most businesses are not sellable is because business owners don't build a sellable asset. Business owners have created a job in which they go to work at every day versus a business that actually works for them. So we're really working with business owners all over the U.S., really all over the world, and getting them to really follow and build that infrastructure based upon the six Ps. So I'm going to talk about the six Ps and talk about the biggest mistakes. So mistake number one, plan your exit from the beginning. Don't wake up one day and say, I have to sell my business and I need $20 million because that's what I want to retire on and your business is worth a million. That's mistake number one. People is the first P. The other reason why businesses don't sell is because the business is a thousand percent dependent upon that owner. Mistake number two, businesses, business owners work in their business, not on their business. And we can't sell the business because they are the business. You know, I had a dental business that came to me. The dentist has been in business 45 years, three dental hygienists, no other dentist. He said, Michelle, I want to sell my business. And by the way, my daughters are my general hygienist. And I said, I could sell your business, but I can't maximize value because you're the business. You and your daughters are the business. So the, the buyer is going to make sure there's contingencies that you and your daughter stay on for two to three years. And he said, well, honey, we're not staying. I said, well, then honey, you're not selling. So you can't be the business. If your business is dependent upon you, it is not sellable. So P is the first people. You don't build a business. You build people and people build the business. So many entrepreneurs are focused on building a business and that's the wrong mindset. Build the people. You need the right people in the right seats and ask the who question. Who opens the door? Who handles customer service, marketing, legal, accounting? The, the clue here, Jen, is you should never be next to the who. The other mistake the business owners make, they work in the business, not on the business, and they don't let go of the control. They want to have their hands in every pot and they want to control everything. You will never grow unless you let go of the control. So let's pause there really quick to allow the listeners and viewers to digest. So you said you need to build the people that are in the business and not necessarily be so connected to the who in the business, because then that will put you in a pitfall where you're not able going to, where you're not going to be able to sell your business or get the value that you want because the business is you. So whenever you think about, you know, planning your exit strategy at the very start and really doing your due diligence, what does that look like? Because there may be a new entrepreneur that's listening to this segment or a business owner that does not have the playbook in their hands. What does what look like? What does it look like to plan their um, start to exit strategy if they do plan on later on down the line selling their business? So you want me to talk about the GPS exit and not the six P's and mistakes no, business owners made? You could talk about the six P's, but just kind of give us a highlight overview of that GPS, just so it could put some context sure. and connect the dots, if that makes sense. Sure. Yep. So we can go back to that. So the GPS exit model, if you want to drive somewhere, what do you do? You pull out your GPS, you plug in your what, Jen? What do you plug in? You plug in your final destination or your coordinates. And if you, if you don't plug in your destination, where do you go? You're not going to go anywhere because you no. don't have a roadmap to guide you. So you're not, you're, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to run, you're going to drive around in circles. And that's what business owners do. They don't have a GPS. They don't have a final destination. 
So they end up driving around the, this, around the financial circles, up and down the financial hills to wind up nowhere. So you really need to figure out that destination. That means picking a number. That doesn't mean waking up one day and saying, I'm going to sell for $20 million. You haven't built a $20 million business. That means saying, look, I want to sell my business for, let's say, $10 million. Great. Now you have a destination. You have a number. You can change that number anytime. You just have to have a goal. It's called a goal. And then number two, what does a GPS need to know? And he's going to know where you're starting from. What is your current location? GPS can never take you anywhere. Can never get you to your final destination if it doesn't know where you're starting from. Most business owners have never had their business evaluated. We deal with a tremendous amount of business owners and they don't get evaluation until they want to sell one day. That is financial suicide. There are, evalu- there are different events that cause valuations to increase and events to, to cause valuations to decrease. Look at this pandemic. Some businesses have had the best years they've ever had in their entire you know, business career, while other businesses have taken a huge nosedive and pra- practically gone out of business. So you need to get a, fa- uh, I call this an evaluation checklist, an, evalu- an annual evaluation checklist. Don't go to a CPA. And I don't, you know, I hope no CPA is going to fit in with me, but they're not experts. Their core competency is not valuating synergies. We don't just look at the bottom line. We look at the business and if is the business function on the six Ps. So you need an expert that knows how to appraise those synergies because buyers don't just buy cash flow. They're buying synergies. So number one. What do you want to sell for? Let's say $10 million. Number two, you get an evaluation every year. What's your business worth today? Let's say it's worth a million dollars. Well, you got a lot of work to do. <laughs> and then let's say that your time frame. Third is time frame, destination, current location, current evaluation, time frame. Let's say you want to do it in 10 years. The next thing you need to know is who are your buyers going to be? There's five types of buyers. Most business owners think there's one. First-time buyers is 95, 98% of all the buyers on the market. They don't buy $10 million companies. They buy small businesses, typically under 2 to $3 million. And then you have turnaround specialists. They buy distressed assets. They buy businesses that are going out of business. They're not going to buy a $10 million company. And then you have your private equity businesses. And private equity groups... They buy based upon EBITDA and based upon platform and add-ons. Do you understand what I mean when I say platforms and add-ons? A little bit, but okay. just you could hit on it briefly and then we'll tie it all together because all of this fits into the 10 biggest profit mistakes as well as the six P's. But I wanted to paint the picture for everyone sure. to be able to con- connect the dots. So the platform is, let's say that they want to get into pharmaceutical and they don't have anything in the pharmaceutical space. They're not even going to look at a business unless it has at least $3 million in EBITDA. EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Let's say they're already in the pharmaceutical business and they're looking for add-ons. Add-ons are smaller businesses that are typically under a million dollars in EBITDA. They can be an add-on to their platform. So they'll go out and look for other pharmaceutical businesses under a million dollars. Strategists and competitors are typically the best buyer because they usually will pay the highest multiple because they're buying synergies. They're paying for those contracts, those databases. They're paying for patents. They're paying for you know, synergies that will help catapult the current business to the next level. 
And then you have your sophisticated entrepreneurs. I call these storm chasers because they're really, they're cash chasers. They chase EBITDA. Yeah, I got a smile out of you. <laughs> they chase EBITDA. And so they're always looking for the highest EBITDA businesses. They're industry agnostic. They're not going to run the business. They're not going to operate the business. They're going to put a team in or operate under the current team. So those are your five types of businesses. So you have to look at your business and say, okay, well, I have a, I have a bridal boutique. You know, I want to sell that for 800000 Well, that's going to be a first-time buyer. That's not going to be a turnaround. That's not going to be a peg. That's typically not going to be a strategic. It could be a competitor. It could be a competitor or it could be a strategic on a smaller level, but it's not going to be a, sophi a sophisticated buyer. If you have a $10 million company, it's going to be the last three buyers. Okay, so that kind of gives you some flavor as far as what buyers will be interested in your type of business. So then number four, Jen, you really have to reverse engineer the plan. So you have to say, okay, well, if I'm, if I'm going to sell for 10 million, I'm worth 1 million today. Here's my revenue. Here's my EBITDA of what I'm worth today. Where do my numbers need to be to, in order to sell for $10 million? Where is my gross revenues? My cost of goods, my operating expense. Where does my EBITDA need to be if I'm going to sell for $10 million? If you're, if you're going to sell for $10 million, you need to have an EBITDA around $2 million to two and a half, okay? Under that, unless you got some really big synergies, a big database and big patents, something like that, you're probably not gonna get your number. And then the fifth thing you have to look at is what are those buyers looking for? What are they willing to pay top dollar for? What would make them you know, get into a bidding war to outbid everybody else to buy your company for more? I will tell you what, buyers will pay a lot more for contracts because- we sold a company for $18 million that was worth maybe $9 million because they had 70% of their revenue tied up in the BP contract. My strategic has some more products and services, but can never get in BP. So they were willing to outbid everybody else and pay that big number just for that BP contract. Wow. Let's pause here really quick. So BP as in British Petroleum, the oil and gas company. Yes. yes. Okay. So one thing I heard here with the contracts here, whenever a company is interested in buying or selling, that seller will pay top dollar for, you know, contracts and that rapport that they already have built up with a firm that they may not have access to. So that is what made the company sell for the 18 million versus the 9 million, right? Correct. And we're okay. going to get a lot more into that when we talk about the fourth P, which is proprietary. All right. And so then, so you need to, so you want to find out what are those characteristics? What are those synergies that buyers are looking for? And then you want to build your business to meet their specific criteria. It's kind of like when you go into business, you go, here's my widget. <laughs> here's my target market. We all know we're not going to be everything to everybody, right? You're in business, Jen. Are you everything to everybody? No. You got a specific target market that you're trying to reach. So same thing with your business. Your business is nothing else but your widget. Your business is your widget. You build your widget. You determine who your buyers are going to be, and you build your widget to meet their specific criteria. So you really need to align yourself with an M&A expert that can tell you what buyers are looking for and what they're going to pay more for. So when you're building your business from day one, you're building it with the buyers and the end in mind. And then the, the sixth um, point on the GPS exit model is your why. Wait, go back one, because we missed five. What was the fifth one? Because the fourth five. one was proprietary. No, we're not even into P's. We're still on GPS exit. 
Oh, okay. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> so the sixth step in a GPS exit model is determine your why. Why do you want to sell for $10 million? Because here's the bottom line. Entrepreneurs get, get distracted. You know, it's like, Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. You know, we have the shiny penny syndrome and it's hard for entrepreneurs to keep focus. If you're going to sell a $10 million business, if it's easy, if it's easy to sell a $10 million business, everybody would be doing it. It's not easy. That's why most people never make it. So you've got to have a powerful why to keep you motivated, to keep you in the game because business is not always easy. So it's got to keep you motivated. It's got to keep you in the game. It's got to keep you you know, strong and finding all the different things that will come your way. So your why has to be powerful enough. So when you figure out that destination, make sure you tie your why to it. Because if you don't do it, if you don't have a, a significant why, you really never accomplish anything significant. So now back to the six P's, if you're ready. Yep, I'm ready. So we're going to okay. go over this. <laughs> you're going to give us a high, the high level, right? Michelle? I'm going to give you a high level, but I want to give you a little bit of detail because it's in the detail where the mistakes are made. Okay, perfect. So people is number one, and this is the infrastructure. So this is really your Bible. The GPS exit model and uh, the six P's is your Bible of how you want to build your business in order to build a sustainable, scalable, sellable asset. So number one is people. Number two is product. Product is your product, your service, your industry. You have to ask yourself, is my product on the way up or on the way out? Do I have an Amazon? I'm in my prime. Or do I have a blockbuster? I'm about to go out of business. So it's very important because look, when I did my research, when I wrote Sell Your Business for Morning's Worth back in 2013, I learned that startups were at great risk. 98% of all startups were going out of business. We all know that. But guess what? It's flip-flopped. When I wrote Exit Rich, I was flabbergasted to learn that startups are not at great risk anymore. Existing businesses are. Only 30% of startups are going out of business now. But businesses out of 27.6 million businesses, those companies that have been in business for 10 years or longer, 70% of them will go out of business. So the reason for this, Jen, is lack of aim. Aim is always innovate and market. So the biggest mistake that business owners make, Jen, is they get complacent. They wanted to keep doing things the way they've always done them. You're either growing or dying. There's no in between. So your product is service your industry. If you're in the restaurant industry, you took a huge nosedive during this pandemic, right? So you always want to be innovating and marketing in product industry because look at Blockbuster. They died. Yeah, right? they sure did. But they didn't have to, Jen, because they could have purchased Netflix. They could have got creative. They could have done something unique. So it's like, it's like Toys R Us went out of business, been in business 75 years. Why did they go out of business? Because they, did, they didn't do anything different. <laughs> All right. So process is number three. You will never scale your business. You'll never have a sustainable business, a sustainable business that can run without you without processes. So you got to ask yourself, what are the three things you want your clients to experience? Most businesses, here's another top mistake that business owners make. They design their processes around their own agenda, especially lifestyle businesses. But look at a doctor's office, one other hours. Eight to five, or sometimes shorter than that because they want to get go home, spend time with their family, or some of them want to go hit the golf course. Yep. And when do we work? People work eight <laughs> to five. <laughs> so we got to change our schedule, interrupt our life to go patron their business because they 
structure their hours or processes around their own agenda. What I'm asking everyone to do is take a second, think about your clients and stop thinking about yourself. What do you want your customers to experience? McDonald's did this back in 1940s. Watch the movie, The Founder. McDonald's said, we want to develop a fast food restaurant, fast food process. We want our customers to experience great tasting food, great tasting food that's hot and fast, 30 seconds or less. Those processes is why we can eat at a McDonald's anywhere in the world and still get the same experience. So what do you want your clients to experience? And design your processes around that for each one of your departments. Make sure you have SOPs, employee handbooks, um, non-competes. You need all of this in order to have a sustainable, scalable, sellable business. Next is proprietary, Jen, and that's what we were talking about earlier. The fourth P is proprietary. So let me give you a, a quick crash course on business evaluation. So any business that has other than tech, tech industry is a whole different animal. Other than technology, any industry that has an EBITDA of under a million dollars a year will typically trade for one to three, three and a half multiple of their EBITDA. Makes sense. So if you, if you got an EBITDA of 500, you're probably going to sell for 1.5, maybe more depending upon your synergies. But guess what, Jen? For those businesses that have an EBITDA of over a million, you typically start at five and go up. These proprietary assets can take you from a four to six to 10 to 15. So this is the P you have to pay the most attention to. And this is the P that most business owners make the most mistakes. This one takes me the longest. The other two are very short, just to manage expectations here. So number one in proprietary is branding. The more well-branded you are, the more I can sell your company for. As long as your brand is relevant in the mind of the consumer. Is anybody going to pay any money for Blockbuster? No, because Blockbuster went under and they didn't do anything to stay ahead of the curve or get with the new trends. Right. Amen. So, but guess what? Who's the biggest brand of all? What's the most valuable brand of all in the world? In general or? No, the, just a lot the most valuable brand in the world. Ooh, that's a good one. I like Amazon and Amazon is everywhere. So I don't know if Amazon will be on it's that It's the list. other A. It's the other A. Apple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Amazon's in the top five, Jen. But Apple is worth $389 billion. And that's just the EBITDA. That's just the cash flow. That's not assets, inventory, real estate, or anything else. So build your brand. Now, here's the biggest mistake the business owners make. You have to trademark your company name, your logo, your slogan, your products. But here's the mistake the business owners make, Jen. Is and back, Oh, one more thing. Back to branding. A lot of business owners brand themselves, but they don't brand their company. Or they brand their company, but they don't brand themselves. You need to look at Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs branded him and he branded Apple. Okay. So back to, to trademarks. Business owners come up with a concept and they come up with a name. They're like, oh, let me go to GoDaddy. Yes, I got the dot com and I get so excited. Then they go to the state that they're living in, they get the trademark, but they never check the federal database to make sure that trademark is available. So you can be in business five, 10, 15 years and all of a sudden receive a cease and desist letter. So you want to get federal trademarks, even on your products, okay? We have a company that has six different products. Each one has an ex- a, a federal trademark, and each one is exclusive in retail chains. One's in Walmart, one's in Target. So the other thing is patents. Do you watch Shark Tank? 
I do. I love that show. <laughs> and what, what do they always ask about patents? Do you have a patent pending? Do you have a patent on that? Right? Yeah. So patents are huge. Also, Jen, here's a big mistake. Business owners keep all of their IP, their intellectual property, their trademarks, their patents, all their intellectual property in their LLC, in their corporation. No, no, no. If you get sued, you could lose all of your intellectual property. You always want to keep your intellectual property in a separate corporation. Just like if you buy real estate for your office, separate corporation, keep everything separate so that you don't lose your assets and specifically you don't lose your IP. Um, contracts are extremely valuable. Manufacturing, vendor contracts, distribution contracts, franchisors that has franchisees. The most valuable are client contracts, because, especially if they have a reoccurring subscription model because buyers want to buy you know, residual income. But here's the mistake with contracts. Now, I really want everybody to hear this one. So I've been in business 20 years. I've never seen a business owner get this right. 98% of all sales are, are asset sales, 98%, 2% are stock. So if your contracts don't have that transferability clause and your buyer doesn't agree to a stock sell, then you have to go to your clients and get a consent to, consent to transfer. We're selling a media company right now. It's got 2,000 clients on a, on a subscription model. Are they going to go to all 2,000 clients? No, they can't go to all 2,000 clients because number one, if the sale falls apart, now all their customers know they're selling and they're probably going to jump ship and go somewhere else. So they're probably going to lose out on the sale of their business. So you want to make sure you have that transferability clause. The other thing that's really important is databases. Facebook paid $19 billion for WhatsApp. How much money was WhatsApp making? Oh, that's a good question. And I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> Zero, less than zero. They were hemorrhaging money, but they had a synergy. And that's what we're talking about here, Jen. You could be losing money in your company and sell it for millions or billions because they had a billion users and Facebook knew they could ROI and they could monetize on that. You know, a lot of my clients say, Michelle, I got a million, a million. I said, what do you mean you got a million? I got a million followers on Instagram. I said, I always say you don't got anything <laughs> because those millions don't belong to you. They belong to Instagram. So stop making that mistake that you were think that they're yours. Create a funnel where you can capture those leads, those followers on your different platforms. And then celebrity endorsements. We have a client that um, is with Oprah, has Oprah uh, endorsing their products. Jen, don't you think a competitor or strategic is going to pay more money for Oprah because they want her name, the queen of everything, to be on their products? Absolutely. Branded by association. Yeah. And same thing with Shark Tank. We've helped clients get ready and go on Shark Tank. That's huge in branding your company. Content is also keen. Celebrity endorsements. Here's another mistake that business owners make, Jen. They hire independent contractors. They go to freelance. They go to uh, Fiverr. They go to all these different resources. and Or they get interns. They have them develop video content, written content. And guess what? Nowhere does it say who owns the content. And there's been a lot of lawsuits about this lately. So make sure if you have anyone that's not an employee, write your content that you get a contract signed that you own the content. That's very powerful. So that way 
all of the resources and the time and the energy that you put into your brand stays in in-house and no one could take your content and repurpose it and make profits and gains off of your knowledge and expertise and you're not in court spending tons of money (laughs) and then yeah i was just gonna say the 50 is patrons we're almost done patrons is your customer base most businesses follow the 80 20 rule where 80 percent of their revenue comes from 20% of clients. Customer concentration is the kiss of death. You want customer diversification. You don't really want to have more than 20 to 30% of revenue in, in one client. So you want to have customer diversification. If you've been in business 15, 20 years, your, your clients are probably aging out. So you always have to market and innovate to get the new generations to do business with you. And then the last P is profits. Everybody's in business to make money, but guess what? So many businesses don't make money and clients come to me all the time and say, Michelle, I have a profit problem. I'm like, no, you have a people problem. (laughs) No, you have a process problem. Lack of profits is never your problem. Lack of profits is a symptom of not operating on one of the five Ps. If you're operating on people, product, process, proprietary patrons for customer diversification, you're going to be profitable. You can't help it. That's the six Ps, and those are the mistakes that business owners make. Let me give you one more mistake, Jen. Okay. Business owners don't put in, you, look, you got to hire the right people, put the right people in the right seats, but you got to trust, you got to trust, but you got to verify. Most business owners are control freaks, but when they do start to trust and put people in, they stop checking, <laughs> they stop verifying. Two out of five businesses get embezzled every single year. So you got to inspect what you expect. So you got to know your KPIs. Well, a lot of business owners don't even know their numbers. And you have to trust but verify and you have to inspect what you have expect. And when it comes to your money, you better have those checks and balances in place to make sure you're not being ripped off. Those are amazing tips. Thank you for sharing the six Ps and talking about the 10 biggest mistakes um, that people make in their business because it's so important. And if we don't talk about those biggest profit mistakes, then people are going to lose money and people aren't in business to lose money. They're in business to make money. And all of the things that you mentioned today in this segment have been super vital as well as valuable. And Michelle, I want you to tell the listeners and viewers how they could connect with you. So um, what's your website and where do you hang out on social media? Sure. So number one, I'd like to tell everyone where they can get Exit Rich, if that's okay. So Exit Rich, endorsed by Steve Forbes, who said Exit Rich is a goldmine for entrepreneurs as they leave way too much money on the table when they go to sell their business. Sharon Lecter is my co-author who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. She's also a financial, she's a CPA, financial literacy expert, the advisor to many presidents, including Obama. And Kevin Harrington, the original shock on Shark Tank worked the forward. One thing I want to make crystal clear, Exit Rich is not about selling your company. Exit Rich is about building a sustainable, scalable asset. So when you're ready to sell, you won't become part of the 80 to 90% of businesses that never sell. So you can get Exit Rich. If you're outside the United States, go to Amazon. If you're inside the United States, you can go to Amazon. You can go to your favorite bookstore. We'll be in all the Hudson stores in February. And you can also go on ExitRichBook.com. When you, for $24.79 on exitrichbook.com, we'll email you the digital download, we'll email you the hardcover, we'll ship you the hardcover, and we'll give you a lifetime membership to the Exit Rich Book Club, where there's video content, me doing deep dives and these different uh, strategies and techniques that I teach on. 
also, guess what we have, Jen? We have documents, documents to operate your business, documents to sell your business, sample org charts, sample employee handbooks um, to sell your business. We have prospectuses, uh, letter of, of intent, sample LOIs, sample purchase agreements, due diligence checklists, closing docs, and more. And all of these documents are available for your download, your review, and download. You can actually use these documents. Just remove my company name. <laughs> But these documents are worth $50,000, I know, because I paid an attorney to craft them all. So that's at exitrichbook.com. You can go take the 6P quiz at SylerTuckerAcademy.com and see how well you score. You can also take what type of business do I own at SylerTucker Academy. And then if you want to connect with me, you can go to SylerTucker.com. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. You just heard Michelle Seiler Tucker here, and we talked about the 10 biggest profit mistakes, and we weaved in the GPS exit model, as well as the six Ps. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and share this wonderful information with your family members and friends so they can level up in their business as well. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.